All right. We just uh, wrapped up our first interview with uh, Nick Peterson. It, you know, Dwayne, it's funny, like when we got started in with Wolfish on Web3, it's I think it's been about a year since either one of us has actually conducted a, a podcast interview. So <laughs> going into this, I felt a little bit rusty, but man, like now that we're finished with it, like I, it went so well. Like Nick was just amazing. The things that he discussed, I mean, I couldn't be more pleased with just the first interview that we've we've had on this podcast i gotta say oh yeah 100 man it's a it's so easy to talk with him you kind of give him a question and let him let him roll with it and you know some of the things that came out of this conversation were just um very wolfish um it was a very wolfish conversation um a lot of takeaways here like where do you where do you want to start we'll give a little rundown for the listeners and let them know what they're in for well, for starters, just because, you know, obviously we know who Nick is and, oh, yeah. but there's probably a lot of people that don't, and we don't have like a big bio or anything to read off. I mean, Nick is, um, Nick is a very successful, you know, business owner. He has many years experience in, uh, uh, you know, entrepreneurship consulting, uh, he, he's got multiple businesses that he runs, but he's, he's really stepped into the web three space. Um, I think it was about last year, sometime in summer last year, he, when he's, he, um, got started with the wolf den which is where Dwayne and i really kind of came together in this space as well which is also the inspiration to wolfish on web3 you know being wolfish like that was all wolf den stuff and that's like that's really our home base when it comes to web3 and community so um you know nick has got this amazing team you know behind him with wolf den and everything that's been created so uh, i just want to make sure kind of set the stage like this is the man we're talking to like they were talking to the person who actually led the charge in building the wolf den and um has been a critical component to to this whole whole thing that we've been experiencing in this space so if you look if you look back at all the things he's built and created over this year it's mind blowing. Like if you wanted to try and go back and try and catch up on all the early YouTube stuff from when he was building and it's, it's incredible what this man can do when uh, he moves into a new space. It's, mm -hmm. it's literally just taking it over and, and running with it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, so on this podcast or this specific episode, you know, before we recorded, Dwayne and I were, you know, we were talking about like, you know, what should like, what direction should we go? Cause there's so many different directions that yeah. you can go with Nick. And, um, and I was really happy, especially with it being, you know, this is a podcast about web three. Um, Nick has a lot of valuable like things to share in, in the realm of like personal development and human behavior and, you know, things of that nature. And we do have a few touch points on that, but there was a lot of good, um, insights that Nick shared in terms of things like decentralization and how these like how to think about decentralization within the web3 space uh you know then you also have centralization and really thinking about it from the standpoint of a um of, of what actually works like what are the benefits of decentralization what are some of the weaknesses and vulnerabilities that also creates for projects as well and so so the answers that you get are very objective they're very well rounded it's not like a an echo chamber of decentralization is the best and it's like mm -hmm. no like let's think about this yeah there's some positive but but he i just love the way that he breaks things down in terms of what's happening in the space 
that will really help somebody, whether they're an investor or they're somebody who wants to build their own project to really kind of gain some healthy perspective on how to pursue that endeavor. So that's yeah. the first thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he rolled into like using those tools inside of the web three decentralized world, right? Like he yep. explained yeah, whether it's because I'm a tradesman or not, when he started talking about tools, things started clicking and, and it really made a lot of sense to me the way he described you know, proper time to use a proper tool. Um, mm -hmm. That was a really good part as well. Yeah. Cause like people will, sometimes people will jump on that bandwagon of like, Oh, I've got to start an NFT project. Cause that's the thing to do now. Mm -hmm. But what they're doing is they're just kind of holding these tools, figuring out how to use them when they really just need to be out solving problems and then finding the tool that's going to solve the problem. And sometimes it's blockchain, sometimes it's not, but you know, forcing a round peg into a square hole is never going to give you you know, real resolution. So yeah, it definitely shares. I do love his metaphor tools. And, and, um, and the last thing that I think is really beneficial from this episode, um, is a, like a big takeaway is, uh, really talking about like the evolution of the Wolfden and kind of the thought process. Cause there's been a lot of changes in the Wolfden in terms of entity structure. You got the guardian Academy now and the Wolfden, and then, and there's other things that, you know, Nick will touch on. I won't go into too much detail, but there's restructuring and, you know, was really curious, like go into a little bit more detail. Like what was the thought process behind the restructuring? Like, why does it need to be this way? How is this going to benefit, you know, the ecosystem? And, and it was the first time I've really ever heard him explain it this way. So mm -hmm. it really made a lot of things click for me, especially somebody who's an investor and a participant in this community. Um, it definitely like, it's like, oh, like there was a huge light bulb moment that kind of went off during that. Yeah, because we see it, well, everybody sees it from the exterior point of view, but we kind of really got inside of where Nick is coming from inside the ecosystem, right? Like he mm -hmm. talks about how he needed to create different areas of focus that would give different feedback loops so they could make the proper decisions moving forward without it being all mashed together and not knowing which lever triggered which result. Um, yeah. That was that was very cool. Like that's a, a great spot to to almost rewind and listen a couple times just to get it yeah. the full exposure of it. I think, you know, you'll have to listen for yourself, but I think there might be a little bit of alpha. That he uh, maybe, maybe a little bit, <laughs> yeah. maybe a little bit of alpha. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you'll have to check it out, but he definitely does talk about like some future things like that's to come, you know, with the wolf den and which are know, very wolfish, very wolfish, very wolfish. I must say, um, and you know, we didn't talk about like how to get in touch with Nick on, on the end. So let's just like take a minute. Like if you do want to get in touch with Nick, uh, the first thing is you definitely like, you need to join the Wolf Den if you want to be part of the things that, you know, as being built within, you know, the ecosystems that we're talking about, especially on this podcast. Um, so you got to get a Wolf Pup is what wolfdenlabs.com, I believe is the website. And again, all this stuff will be linked up in the show notes. Um, check out his book bumpers he's yes. it's awesome we talked about bumpers on our capstone project too so if you want to mm -hmm. get a little bit more context go to uh, was it episode two yeah i think episode two yep and um there's like multiple places you can connect with nick like he's got a telegram he's got a twitter um you know he's 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 around you know in, in different different ways i think there's like this, i liked um you know, i liked when he talked about i don't know whether it was a private call the other day or what but he talked about the you know, following the channels that make sense to you, because mm -hmm. like you can really get into this ecosystem and be in like five different discords and numerous different telegrams. And 
but like really take some time and and figure out what interests you and what you want to keep your eye on like whether yeah. you want to you know keep your eye on just the wolf den well then just follow the wolf den discord and telegram like but if mm -hmm. you want to keep an eye on the night ecosystem or you know what's happening with wolf zen all those links if you kind of play around and we'll link most of them up so you can just kind of find the invite links to telegrams and the discords but be conscious of your frequency of exposure to where you're getting your notifications from and if they're relevant to what you're even interested in because there's a lot <laughs> like there is a lot if you want to keep track of everything going mm -hmm. on in this in this world um so yeah just be conscious of that yeah yeah very very good advice and i think on that note with sound advice we should go ahead and kick off this interview with nick peterson this is wolfish on web3 your guide through the new world of blockchain crypto DeFi, nfts and knowing yourself as your greatest asset now that's wolfish with your hosts Dwayne moffett and jake anderson all right, what's up, everybody? We're here for our actually first guest interview for Wolfish on Web3. And uh, I can speak for Dwayne when I say this. I don't think we could think of a better person than the man himself, Mr. Nick Peterson, who uh, was really at the forefront, founder of you know creating the Wolfden, has really done more than just build a project. He's really built, and you know, not I don't want to say him specifically because Nick has an amazing team behind him that has really built this ecosystem in the web three space. And what's going to be different, I think about this episode is we're going to get some different perspective, you know, Dwayne and I, you know, we're participants, we're investors, and we've been sharing our perspective through that lens. And, you know, we've talked to some other project owners, but this is going to be something unique. And Nick has so much value that to share. And a lot of the, the lessons and educational stuff, like we discussed on our capstone in our recent podcast, these were things that we've learned through a lot of the educational content that Nick's brought to the table. So um, I'm really excited. <laughs> Dwayne, I know you're excited. And, and Nick, man, thanks for being here. We're really excited to have you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm stoked on uh, the fact that this uh, podcast is called the Wolfish on Web3. So anything that is wolfish or claims to be wolfish, I got to come check out and participate in and try to contribute to. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, you know, the wolfish, obviously the wolf den, this podcast was ex inspired by the concept of wolfish and really what it means. And it's something that Dwayne and I, you know, have been really discussing for, for some time as far as like what it means to actually be wolfish. So uh, well, let's, Dwayne, uh, let's jump right in and Hey Nick, like what makes you wolfish on web three right at this time? Uh, it's interesting because uh, it's probably different. I, I'm, I'll say this for a lot of creators, actually, a lot of uh, developers that I've met, especially recently. I've met quite a few um, early, early, early adopters of Web3 blockchain crypto like 10 years ago. Hmm. And uh, one of the questions, it's, it's, it's very counterintuitive, but it's pretty common in emerging technology, is uh, you can ask them. Okay, and now the, the there's a handful of people that I just met, and they're like incredibly busy doing very important things, like hanging out on their yachts, you know, <laughs> um, disconnecting, going to Greece. They're doing all these things, and uh, people come up and ask them, like, "Hey, what about the market conditions?" And they just kind of laugh, 
like I don't look at the market, you know, and that's the common theme amongst um, some of these really early blockchain investors that have done tens of millions, hundreds of millions, maybe billions of dollars is they're completely unfazed by the the day-to-day um, volatility and the vicissitudes of the market. So <clears throat> all that to say, uh, most of the people that are building early, uh, including us and the people before us, are not super concerned about the short-term uh, volatility, right? So that's one is if you come in and it's like, I need to uh, make a whole lot of money really fast. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be wolfish on anything. You're going to be a, you're going to be a emotional, impulsive, chaotic mess. Yeah. Okay. So that that's one is um, I am wolfish and optimistic about many, many emerging things uh, because I have a, a, a much longer time preference. Than, than many people that are coming in recently. But the truth is, <laughs> excuse me, um, blockchain makes sense. If you really look at the underlying technology, it makes a whole lot of sense. It is just, it's like a better way of accounting for data mm-hmm. right, than anything else that exists. And so if you think about uh, really what does that mean, that's, well... I can't think of a, yeah, I can't think of a fortune 500 or a service provider or an accounting firm or anybody in their right mind that doesn't want a faster, cheaper, more secure way uh, to store, organize and secure data. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm. So I am incredibly wolfish on, on blockchain and web three because of what it represents to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So the distinction yeah, the, is clear. The yeah. inevitability of its adoption, like it is going to make it just a matter of time. Like it's not going to be tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm here to build for when it does happen. Like when all these other companies and businesses start rolling into it. Because like you said, it's just, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, it, the ubiquity of it could it could look in so many different ways. And this is, this is what um, the, the unique thing about crypto and web three and blockchain is that everybody in the world knows about it before like truly practical applications have been diffused to the masses. That, that yeah. doesn't, the only other time that's really happened is the internet. Yeah. Everybody was stoked yeah. on it. Nobody quite knew what it was going to be. And uh, the dot-com bubble wrecked a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this this is the second time uh, the whole world's been able to speculate about it. It's been pushed in front of them. They've seen their friends get rich, and we still do not actually know what the the practical application will be for the masses. Was- yeah, what it's gonna what it's gonna look like <laughs> is definitely not what we're playing in right now. But it's uh, it's very it's a very interesting time to be here building inside of it and just seeing its growth. Um, I've got a question. Oh, sorry. Go go ahead. ahead. Yeah. Just something that you're, when you're talking about this and something that comes up often, especially in these different communities is this whole concept of decentralization. And, you know, I just, I kind of wrestle around with this whole concept of decentralization and, and I, and I, 
try to look at it with a discerning eye because I I come from a you know the centralized world we all do right we come from this world where everything's centralized and I think there's some order and safety and and boundaries and things that can be created through centralization where now you're kind of moving into decentralization and it's a whole nother ball game I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on decentralization and is it something that needs some work still do you feel like that's the direction like what the, what does the direction look like in terms of decentralization for you well i'm of the opinion and just so i don't have to say that over and over and over this is all just one man's opinion right <laughs> yeah um we we cannot live in a decentralized world that does not exist now for every generation every new technology this is not new there is this wave of finally utopia <laughs> right so we're getting this these probably 20 to 40 you know the range changes of these uh people that hate the government and they hate centralization and they hate being told what to do and they hate vaccination they hate all these things and that's fine and they're kind of in this finally utopia we can finally go off grid and nobody can tell us what to do and that never happens because it's a very small segment of the population and frankly um when you say, okay, fully decentralized world, what you're saying is uh, no more two-day shipping from Amazon. Mm -hmm. That requires a centralized infrastructure. Most of the world, even those that are demanding decentralization because they hate fiat money and they don't want anybody else to make profit, um, they still click the little button for two-day shipping on Amazon. So there's a huge disconnect. Like People don't actually know what they're saying, what what they're really saying, which is, I understand, it's a totally human thing to do. What they're really saying is, give me all the benefits that I want, right? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that includes, like, let me be totally anonymous. Let me make my own decisions, unless, unless I make the wrong decision, because then, like, I want to be able to call customer support <laughs> and get my money back. <laughs> yeah. Right. So like, uh, there's a there's a world of people that. Uh, live in this huge disconnect. And, and so some of the things about decentralization, one, decentralized. It's very difficult to move anything forward if it requires a majority vote. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's always this, that that's one part of like governance and that the governance structures are very difficult. Uh, two, with complete decentralization, uh, you lose a little bit of, um, you lose a little bit because you handicap extraordinary minds. Yep. Right? Like Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos, genius, they, they say skill. Skill is when you know what needs to get done and you want to hire the, the most skilled person. Right? And that's great. Genius is uh, a skilled person knows how to get it done. Mm -hmm. Genius sees something nobody else sees. So one of the issues with decentralization, one of the many things, and that there's many ways around it, is uh, if Tesla is completely decentralized, it does not do what it does today. Because people like Elon, people like Jeff Bezos, if there's a proposal, hey guys, let's lose millions of dollars for a couple of years by doing sh free shipping, right? Because I can see a longer play. Um, if that was went to a governance vote or something, it would never happen. Mm -hmm. right? 
So we, we handicap a lot of genius when we think uh, full decentralization. Another thing is the anonymous nature of it. Um, people that want to operate entirely anonymously, by and large, don't actually like presuppose uh, that it's anonymous. So when you go, uh, you guys ever seen somebody that's like, looking through blockchain and they're like, let's see, I bet, I bet this is Jake's wallet and this is probably Dwayne's wallet. And he's probably sending this. Well, your priest is, you're, you're, you're not actually operating under this, this foundational belief that is anonymous because you're trying to figure out who it is and who to blame. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? I, so I see it all the time, yeah. all the time. So if your behavior is looking for somebody to blame, then you actually, you're, I don't want to say that you're definitely nefarious, but you actually just want you want nobody to know what you're doing. <laughs> but you want to know what everybody else is doing. So they're they're just like it doesn't fully decentralized, anonymous, all the, the the utopian blockchain world, it doesn't actually, it's just not aligned with how humans behave. There are right. components of it that are phenomenal. And there are absolutely, I think, like DAOs and there there are communities and projects and um uh, you guys both know Kumite, mm -hmm. <laughs> where like it makes sense. You can crowdsource stuff anonymously. You can mm -hmm. vote on stuff, but it's it's like individual things that like-minded people can opt into. It's not like a ubiquitous thing that the world runs on. You know, a decentralized world. It just doesn't. I don't see that happening. Yeah, for anything to progress at all that you can't get everybody's votes to progress in a in a really truly <coughs> visionary direction with mm -hmm. everybody's opinion <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i'll share a quick little story like so i had a i had a business and we actually i lived three hours away from it and i ended up having to fire my general manager and had to go to a decentralized management structure and got like firsthand experience as to how chaotic that can be when you're relying on kind of the staff of a company to giving them a lot of like power to be able to make decisions. You know, I was still involved, but it was a decentralized management structure and, and seeing that even in like the business world, it was, it was quite challenging. So I can, I can certainly kind of connect some dots there um, just through that, that specific experience. Um, one other thing too, you know, that you touched on with like Kumite, like Kumite. And I think there's like decentralized aspects that you see, like you were talking about where you can connect your wallet you can do voting. Um, you know, there's like commercial rights where you can actually build on top of projects where you can build your own comics. That's kind of what we're doing in a way like Wolfish on web three is not like a wolf den thing, but like, like Wolfish is not something that we came up with. It's just something that we want to run with. And I think those are kind of examples where decentralization can have benefits where people can actually maybe build on top of things that people like certain intellectual property or things like that, that people are creating. Yeah. And it's, it's much, it's much easier in many ways to build that from scratch on web three. Um, just the nature of the smart contracts and all that, mm -hmm. but it's not, it, it could usher in a new movement, but the, the truth is um, that's just a, that's just a personality. It's a mindset. It's a belief because in theory, Disney could also just say, cool, you want to build Spider-Man stuff? Go ahead. Right. 
Instead, they slap you with the cease and desist. And, uh, you know, like they love their fans up until the fans start making money. <laughs> um, but conceptually, a lot of the stuff that Web3 is doing and running with um, could have been done before Web3. Mm-hmm. Like nothing stopping Marvel from saying, cool, you want to make Wolverine storylines? Go for it. But instead, mm-hmm. they sue your ass off when you do that. So there, it, it's really just a... Uh, um, it's almost like a new broom sweeps clean or like a reset button for like, Hey, maybe we can do intellectual property different. Uh, the fact that it's NFTs and, and on blockchain and, and you can have uh, specific currencies like board API club can uh, run on ApeCoin, and our ecosystem can run on guard. It does create some, um, some interesting uh, potential upside synergies and all that stuff. But it's funny it's like, well, with blockchain, you can encourage other people to create and they can own their IP. And like, that's not a blockchain thing. Yeah. You could have done mm-hmm. that from day one. Right. <laughs> so it, it's really uh, sometimes it just takes a disruptive technology that, to like reset the way people are thinking about intellectual property, thinking about publishing, thinking about storylines, characters, thinking about access, proximity and all that stuff. Uh, <laughs> so it's not inherent in the technology. It's just sometimes it's uh it takes a uh, like at the internet, you know, it disrupts the way people have always thought and gets them to think differently and build differently. Mm. Yeah, and it, it's kind of cool to step into that because you don't know if it's actually a good thing, like decentralization. That's never been a proven to be a thing that has succeeded in the past. Or is it really a good thing? You know, so even with these projects, trying all this new stuff and moving into this building phase and trying to build new things that people haven't really seen, it's not proven that it's a good thing, but it's very exciting to try. (laughs) Yeah, I think we can can remove morality and you you guys are familiar with this, the adaptive dilemma, right? Oh yeah, this is good. It's like we remove, it's not good or bad. It's just a new thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's like this, this, this is, this will be the downfall of uh, many cryptos. And I think it'll be fine. It'll just take time. But if is when people sit back and go, uh, huh, look at all this inflation. Bitcoin fixes this. <laughs> oh, look, uh, the government, you got taxed and the government took your money. Bitcoin fixes this. And it's like, Bitcoin doesn't actually fix anything. Like, the language implies that Bitcoin is going to like get up and come to my house, knock on my door, offer, you know, to clean up my, my act, organize things better and teach me how to behave differently. And Bitcoin's not going to do all that. So it's the idea like pointing it like blockchain fixes this. It's like, no, it's a new tool. It provides new opportunities. And uh, if you're creative, you can turn it into some shit we can't even think about right now. Um, but it's the behavior. It's we need to learn, one, what we're trying to accomplish out of life, obviously. And two, the just enough about blockchain so we can kind of navigate it and figure out creative ways to use it to solve our own problems. Because if you look at Bitcoin right now, what is it? It's October 4th. Uh, as of right now, if you say Bitcoin is a hedge to inflation, well, I'm looking at 
uh, the U.S. dollar and I'm looking at the S&P and I'm looking at Bitcoin and Bitcoin at this very moment doesn't seem like much of a hedge against the dollar mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, because humans are behaving as if Bitcoin is money. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, you don't it's like it's like leaving a relationship you've been trying to get out of and then getting in a new relationship mm -hmm. and then behaving in a way that makes the new one exactly like the old one. Yeah. It, that's that's the risk with blockchain is that we don't recognize how it's different. So we just adopt it and try to use it exactly like our current fiat system. And it's going to behave exactly like our current fiat system uh, if we behave exactly like we do now. Mm -hmm. so, so that's the that's the chasm. One of the things you mentioned was like blockchain is you look at blockchain as a tool, right? Crypto is a tool and and you and you reference how you know, the wolf den is, is fueled by garden or certain tokens. And so you see, you know, it's, it's just like with any trend, like people want to hop on the bandwagon, like here's my, my new token or my new NFT collection. And, and I think I, you even posted one time, uh, kind of referencing where somebody was looking to build an NFT collection to support something they were doing business. And then actually, once you actually got down to it, you realize this is actually not a good idea. So it's easy for people to, to kind of, or people have a tendency to kind of move into bandwagons and trends and they want to be part of something, even when it doesn't make sense. So what, how do you see like blockchain as a tool in terms of what would, what doesn't, what does make sense for people? Like how do you discern the tool as a use case for what it is that you're trying to build? Like what's a way to look at that? Yeah. So I'll go the long route. Um, First of all, it is a tool. It's a set of tools, actually, right? Mm -hmm. You got coins, all with different properties. Um, some are governance, some are utility, some, I don't know, just have dogs on them. <laughs> um, you know, and then you have like actual blockchain technology, which transfers, stores, secures the, the assets. And you have NFTs, which are basically <laughs> just a unique spin on limited coins. So those can be anything. They can represent owner. They can, they can represent many, many things. So we got to understand these tools, right? But imagine now if we come back into domain that we understand in a world that we can kind of gauge sensical versus nonsensical behavior. So if you really understand blockchain, you watch people behave and you're like, this doesn't make any sense. But because they don't understand it, they don't. But in the real world, you can kind of watch people behave and be like, wow, that person's a crazy person. Mm -hmm. So when we say, okay, here's a new tool. What are some ways to use it? That's like saying, hey, guys, you know what? I got this screwdriver. What are all the ways I can use this screwdriver? That's not actually like a practical way. Like, why, what do you, I don't know, <laughs> a lot of ways you can use a screw. Like, what are you trying to accomplish? So that's the, when it's new, they're like, oh, you know, I got this screwdriver. And just, just imagine walking around for months trying to find anything that you can possibly do with this yeah. screwdriver. Uh, what? What that is, is that's time, effort, and resources and bandwidth going into a whole bunch of ways to use a screwdriver, um, but not necessarily anything that gets you what you want or where to where you want to be, right? <laughs> so step one is like, okay, um, you can start with the tools. I don't start with tools, but that's a, that's a reasonable way to operate where you go, okay, this is a screwdriver. These are the scenarios that might make sense. This is the function of it cool. And you put it back in your toolbox. Okay. This is a hammer. Right. And then as you're going, then you, you stop looking at the tools and you say, okay, what am I trying to accomplish in life? 
what are, what are the biggest roadblocks that I have? And if it just so happens that, you know, I'd be able to, to move forward if I could hang this sign so people knew where my office was because they keep walking by it. So it's actually a limit. Well, now i got a hammer and a screwdriver. I could decide which one I want to use to hang the sign. And as soon as that sign is hung, I put the fucking tools away, but I solved the problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So it, right now we're like people just holding hammer, screwdriver, drill, and they're like fucking maniacs running around town trying to find ways to use tools. <laughs> Doesn't really help anybody. That's not how, you know, screwdrivers, drills, whatever. They don't get widely adopted because there's a bunch of people going around finding ways to use them. They get widely adopted because they solve problems because something Mm -hmm. in your house breaks and you know that shit, if I had a screwdriver, I could fix this. And if I buy it and keep it in my, my home, I can fix it over and over and over again. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. kind of like with what you did with the wolf den is you took like, okay, I have this problem. I have the screwdriver. Let's take the first step. And then it was like, oh, well, I have like a Robertson screwdriver, but I actually needed the kind of a Phillips screwdriver to make it work properly. And so, you know, with the reiteration of the Wolf Den and the Guardian Academy and stuff, it's it's knowing when and how those tools each work together to to keep moving things forward. It's kind of cool that you use that reference. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So so what we want to do, and I appreciate that, what we want to do is we want to look at, um, we just look at humans. Mm-hmm. We just look at humans. And we go, huh, you can look at uh, our methodology at the CCA. You can look at theory of constraints. You can look at any any like uh, complex system program management, and it's all about removing the constraint. So what what you know, what limit are people facing? And if we understand blockchain, then maybe there's a tool in there that's more efficient than web two or traditional tools. Yeah. So more than likely, more than likely, um, we're going to look at, you know, large companies looking for better better uh, data and storage solutions because blockchain is, is better for data storage. Uh, you're going to look at um, ownership of eventually luxury goods and stuff. You know, like those are really the... Um, the places where we see it, but it, it's gonna, we probably will not recognize 99% of the time. So I'll, I'll give you a good example. Um, gaming, you ever played blockchain games? Most of them are crap, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So it's like, if you're a gaming company, then people should be there for your game. Yeah. Whether it's built on, well, I don't know. Gamers aren't like getting addicted to a game, right? Playing Call of Duty or whatever. And they're like, wait a minute. This is hosted on Amazon Web Service built with Linux. I'm not <laughs> playing this anymore. No, they don't care what it's built on, what it's hosted on. So if anybody ever leads, like if if World of Warcraft or any of these games came out and they were like hosted on Amazon Web Service as a selling point, the game probably sucks. <laughs> yeah. So people are coming out and they're saying, you know, on the blockchain, like the game probably sucks. So it's counterintuitive, but the the real use case and the real scale and what I what I believe it'll look like <coughs> is game developers trying to make the best game possible, super addictive. And they might be like, oh, you know, how can we give them something that they have full ownership of 
and maybe they can like import it into different games. You know, and NFTs might be a solution to that. Mm. So it's to make the thing that you do better. It's not to be a game on blockchain or a community on block, right? If, if you're a community, kind of like the Wolf Den, like people need to feel the community. Mm-hmm. The fact that it has blockchain components is just kind of unnecessary. It's just how it's built, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's <laughs> that's what we're looking for. And that's what I would expect to happen is uh, uh, Microsoft has... Uh, Microsoft's building a blockchain and it's to it's to scale primarily to scale um their security. And that's mm. a problem they have. Yeah. Nobody they're not being like Microsoft built on the blockchain. It's just a part of what they do, you know? Yeah. So it's super counterintuitive, but the um the mass adoption, the the ubiquity of blockchain and all this stuff is very likely to fly under the radar. We're just gonna have millions of people addicted to a really uh, incredible game, and components of it will be settled on the blockchain, and we'll have no freaking clue. Yeah, yeah. There was a, uh, a not like another use that I, I've I've seen in the banking industry specifically is uh, <coughs> excuse me is using blockchain for like payment rails. So to help with uh, like uh, merchant processing, um, they use a certain blockchain. There's no token. I mean, there's a token that's used to help facilitate. The transaction but essentially it provides 24 hour day clearing um it reduces merchant fees by something to consider i think it like brings it down to less than two percent um so it's just far more efficient and there there's an example where you know this bank isn't thinking i got to create this new coin so my my customers can have this new coin or like no we want to this is a way to make payment processing much more efficient and cost effective so Again, you're starting with the problem and then you use the tool, blockchain being the tool to be able to solve the problem in a in a way that's uh, you know, that's very impactful to the organization. Um, one of the things that I also wanted to to ask you about is I know there's been a lot of changes like recently in the Wolf Den. You know, we got Guardian Academy, we got Wolf, now there's a Wolf Den, they're they're two separate entities. And, you know, I'd love for you to maybe expand on that a little bit you know, kind of some of the thought process behind, you know, some of these iterations that you've taken through the Wolf Den and, um, you know, share what you're comfortable with. I know there's still a lot of stuff that's still, you know, obviously kind of rolling yeah. out, but would just love to kind of hear your your thoughts around that. Oh. Yeah. So, so our, our core principle, one of our core principles from like CCA and, you know, that's our operating system is you optimize before you maximize, we play soft offense and we micro step. Mm-hmm. So that means, um, everything, everything for the wolf den, right. Uh, upon initial launch was in my head. It was like, I see something nobody else can see. And, um, that doesn't mean it's there. Okay. So that's, that's like the innovator's dilemma is mm-hmm. sometimes you just see ghosts, but sometimes <laughs> there is something there that nobody else can see. So you have to test it. You have to very slowly mic like, you know, press on it, see if it presses back, see if it's real. Um, Otherwise, the risk is you put a significant amount of resources into something that is not real, right? Does not have legs. So it's it was an optimized for you maximize play where it's like I need to be at the center of all of this just for the sake of resource allocation. Okay, so that's why it's all it all started as one thing. There's no there's no possible way I could have the resources to say okay. So here's all these different entities which look different 
after some, some, you know, a year of engagement than I thought they would have looked a year ago. Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is we got to get all this feedback to figure out what this is actually supposed to look like. Okay. So um, what happens is as we're rolling, it's all, it's all under one entity, the wolf, then it's mostly coming from me uh, because there's no way I could have said, all right, today <clears throat> team, this is wolf. Then this is guardian Academy. This is guard foundation. Here's this, here's this, here's this. Here, the, we would still be storyboarding it out. Like it would not even be live to the world right now. If yeah. We did it that way. Yeah. Um, and if we're storyboarding, you know what we're not getting is real world data. We're sitting around mm -hmm. going, hmm, how do we think people will react? We're guessing. <laughs> right? You're usually so, wrong if you guess. Always. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the further out, like you could be like, okay, I'm going to do this and I think this will be the reaction. And you take a tiny step, like, oh, okay. That was close to what I guessed, but yeah. not exactly. So it's a good fucking thing I didn't build this whole infrastructure assuming that people would do exactly this thing. Mm -hmm. So in in all of my companies, actually, and in, I want to say I still have a majority of four companies outside of crypto. Uh, and I sold two last year. It always starts at a, like a center of where can I get as much information as possible and figure out what needs to be its own entity and what needs to, you know, some stuff we thought maybe might be an entity. It's like, uh, you know, let's just do this for free. Mm -hmm. Like all those medium articles, uh, all the videos, that's just stuff that just doesn't fit cleanly in like an entity that we, we couldn't have known that until we, we took the steps. So <laughs> what happened is we have Guardian Academy, we have Wolf Den, and then we have like the Guardian Foundation. That's kind of the core of it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's there's uh, uh, exchanges like Night, Night Swap, and uh, Spartan and Forge and all that. And uh, what the, the first thing we want to look at, once, once we go, okay, this has legs, um, we know that the upside, crypto has outrageous upside. We're so early. And I know... Everybody's impatient, but just you know, if, if you're in the if you're in the crypto world, just wait. <laughs> um, so we know it has significant upside. We don't need to create more upside. That's not something we need to do. It's inherent in an early technology. What we need to do is mitigate risk. Yes. Okay. Because if we don't mitigate risk and we blow ourselves up, we miss the upside because we blew up. Right. We're out of the game. Really, a lot of emerging technology markets, you can go back to boring people like Warren Buffett, and the whole strategy is stay in the game. That's it. So when we look at, okay, now now we got to mitigate risk. We look at uh, Guard Foundation. We look at the Wolf Den. We look at Guardian Academy, and we realize like the compliance, the regulation, and, and the, the, the risk mitigation stuff is different for all three. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for that reason, they have to be three separate entities. So we start with risk mitigation, but then we really can go um, from us, and I'll try not to complicate this or, or yeah, make this complicated, but there's a level of anti-fragility, which these all have to represent different things. Okay, When you have <laughs> three separate entities that act together as one, you get all the synergy. They're still, they can go exponential because of the synergy however they all need to stand alone okay, so if something happens to one of them or if the market like the market might impact a token a coin more than nfts okay but if they're tied together in the same entity that whole entity suffers if they're in two separate entities 
you have one that is temporarily suppressed, but it's not impacting the other one. Mm-hmm. So NFT, like wolf pup collectors, there's only 5,000 of them. And guardian holders, you can be both like a Venn diagram. You can have overlap, but they need to be separate ecosystems mm-hmm. because the wolf pup represents the value of being in the wolf den. The guardian represent guardian represents a million different things at different times. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what happens if they're the same entity is people have a very difficult time discerning the value of the wolf pup. Yep. Right. Because okay. the whole, because yeah. if guardians going crazy, um, we're now, what are we valuing? Or, you know, <clears throat> same with guardian Academy. So the guardian Academy really is, is education. It's really yeah. what it is. Like personal development education. It's built on the blockchain. It uses the currencies, uh, but that needs to be valued separately than like the wolf pup, which ultimately is uh, access, proximity, and all that stuff, right? It also gives us a feel if we if we mold them together and we're doing really well, we don't actually know if it's the education or the access and proximity that is making that entity do really well, right? So yeah. we split them out, and now we have. They still work together, just like as if they were the same entity. But now we have, have um, different feedback loops. loops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, right? So th- this is—it's just the process mm-hmm. of um, building a large ecosystem. It's very possible that because uh, <laughs> I hand a Guardian Academy off mostly to the team, uh, and they're doing a great job. It's you know if Guardian Academy just took off like crazy became the most popular thing on in blockchain. Um, it would benefit Wolf Pups and Guard as a byproduct because you know like the they they share audiences and stuff like that. But if they were one entity and just the education took off like crazy, it would create a false narrative or a false feedback loop for the public. If they're the same entity and there was no distinction and people start buying wolf pups because they see shit going crazy and they don't know why they're buying wolf pups. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to start creating these lines so that new people, as things diffuse with different interests, you, <clears throat> I hope 10 million people hold guardian. It is impossible for 10 million people to hold wolf pups, only 5,000 max. Yep. Right. So we have to separate the two. We have to separate the two. Otherwise, you have, uh, let's say, uh, Guardian Foundation is a, is as a governance structure. Uh, you can't have guard holders determining the fate of wolf pup holders. Mm-hmm. That's that's misaligned incentives, right? Because right. most of the guard holders aren't holding wolf pups at scale. Mm. Right. We can't have wolf pup holders. Uh, doing we couldn't have a governance structure, for example, for wolf pup holders determining what happens to guard because a majority of guard holders can't can't be holding wolf pups. It's mathematically impossible. So part of one of the reasons people struggle with decentralization um, is that incentive alignment, right? So we have to we have to separate these things for the feedback loop um, to. <coughs> To try to uh, control, there's uh, called the the parental frame, which is can we can we frame things and get ahead of things? So if we pull a lever in the wolf den, it's contained 
to what the wolf den is or if it's all one thing and we pull a lever to like uh you know we should give wolf pup holders this cool thing and it's all one all these things are in one entity people start behaving in ways outside of what is actually impacted by the lever we pulled so we have no feedback loop we have no way to know if this then that Mm -hmm. we just know if we do something here shit goes crazy (laughs) yeah one way or the other you know yeah yeah uh so how it works out is guardian uh the guardian academy is ultimately just we're trying to one educate people with a lot of free stuff and two uh, give them the opportunity if they choose to to climb the tiers, and it really just becomes about uh, <laughs> becoming what we call a gray wolf, obviously, yep. right? Um, but it's really just about like, hey, look, it's not a tech problem; it's a human problem, and we all have we all have the same human problem, you know. Um, we were hardwired to be impulsive and and greedy and all this stuff, and then you have the wolf, uh, the wolf den, which is really. Uh, uh exclusive community now um i'll get to that in a minute and then we have the uh the guardian foundation which is actually the tokens that is a DAO. that is we it is decentralized right and um it, it needs to continue to become more decentralized over time but this empowers uh an entire economy mm-hmm. what's coming is uh, a publishing company so part of being like the wolf den, we're going to publish so much cool stuff on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the route I'm going is I'm putting stuff, I'm publishing stuff on the blockchain that nobody can replicate. Mm. It just can't be replicated. Um, so you have this publishing company and then you have like wolf pup holders get first access to everything. Um, so that that's really like the, the core of what, the wolf pups will represent is just as we're building and publishing in this metaverse, uh, all value accrues back to the wolf pups. It's really just the people that want to participate in all that. Uh, and then obviously the, the, the other partnerships, you know, we have exchanges and stuff like that. Those are all just synergistic partnerships and they mm-hmm. all kind of <laughs> do their own thing in terms of like uh, everybody knows what an exchange is. Uh, if if the exchange is on the proper network, it allows for farming and stuff like that. Uh, Forge is a uh, is an NFT marketplace. You know, Wizard is an NFT marketplace and a gaming platform. So ultimately, what we're trying to do is this. This is the most important part of crypto diffusing: is change the math. Change the math. As long as it is, I'm buying a dollar of this in hopes of making more than a dollar soon, most people are going to lose. Mm -hmm. If crypto is only a market, most people are going to lose. The stock market is not only a market, right? Like, yes, you might invest in Apple hoping to make more, but Apple's existence is not people investing in it hoping to make more. I have a iMac. I'm talking to you right now on an iMac. I changed Mm -hmm. the math. I put money into Apple not to get more money back. Okay. That gives investors. It's, so if everybody started buying Apple products right now for the product, okay, the stockholders would all win. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't have to be it, holistically a zero sum game. It's not always one winner, one loser. I win. I got the computer I wanted. 
You know, you yeah. win because you had Apple stock. We have two winners mm-hmm. playing the game. Yeah. So as long as crypto is one winner, one loser, because there's no real deliverable, there's no real thing that people want other than to make money. Uh, most people are going to lose. And if most people are losing, eventually they stop playing. Mm. <clears throat> so it's really changing the math. And that's that's what we're looking at all the ways. So Guardian Academy, number of people say, you know, whatever I invested to get here, to to, to, to learn all this, totally worth it. I don't even care what happens to my the value of my stuff, you know? That's changing the math. Mm-hmm. If you buy a wolf pup and uh, we just sent people to... Uh, Chris Voss, LA Premier, and you go, hey, that was totally worth it. I don't even care. I got my money's worth. We yeah. change the math. Yeah. Right. If we can provide a, a platform to encourage uh, people to create art and people want the art, not the NFT to flip it, but they go, wow, this art is cool. The artist wins. The buyer wins. Blockchain wins as a tool. We just created the win, win, win. Mm. So everything we're doing, we're just trying to change the math a tiny, tiny bit so it's not uh, all of us just putting money in, hoping to take money out, and that's that's how the you know that's how Web three and blockchain and these universes actually start to uh, to gain traction. Is people are participating for different reasons. They're not just trading money for money, because that's you know, if you make money, you took my money, and vice versa. Right. <laughs> yeah. Money for money doesn't work. But so like any other platform, uh, if you provide entertainment. Right. And I give you attention and somebody makes money from that attention, advertisers in web two, we just created the win, win, win. We're actually all winning right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So <clears throat> we just got to continue to find ways to change the math. Investors will invest. Consumers will consume. Creators will create. And they'll always play their own little zero sum games. Right. Like if, if, if we're all creators, we're all YouTube, mm-hmm. we have a YouTube channel. It's very easy for me to go, oh, well, shit. People watching your stuff means they're not watching my stuff. And right. so in the, the same with stocks, you know, I mean, investors, if we're all investing, if we're only hanging out with investors or day traders, then yeah, it's a, it's a zero sum game. You can't prevent that. But what we can do is we can zoom out and we can have the investors benefiting, you know, <laughs> by virtue of going like IPO, Apple got a shit ton of money. By getting a shit ton of money, they provided more value to us. By providing more value to us, we put more money into Apple. We bought more Apple stuff, and the investors win. You can create win-win-wins on a macro scale, and that that's ultimately what, as we're building our ecosystem, uh, we're just looking to change the math. This How- the sentiment. Oh, sorry. I just want to say one thing to, to what you said, and this really speaks to what I believe as what it means to be wolfish, because when you are like, we got into crypto and we're kind of getting to near the end here. So I just want to say one thing and then we got to kind of start wrapping stuff up here. But um, when I got into crypto, it was all very linear thinking. It's like the only way I can win is if the price of this crypto token goes from $1 to $5 or it needs to go up. And if it doesn't go up, then I don't win and I'm upset and I FUD and I act like a child, right? Where the way you're describing it and the way that we really adopted and, and, large part from you know fortunately when we got in we got in through the wolfden like that was my on-ramp into crypto was through the wolfden and it really shared perspective of like there's so much more going on here in terms of ways that you can win like even up to this point if like whatever financial investments i made if that all just went to dust i am a better human 
today because of the education and the application of that education that I've gotten through Guardian Academy. Like that's changed my life in so many ways. Dwayne, I know we, you and I talk a lot about that. So it's like, that's what I think of what it means to be wolfish. It's like, regardless of what's happening in the market, the math has changed. I love how you say that the math you're changing the math where there's multiple ways somebody can win in different scenarios in how they're participating in these different projects. So I just wanted to touch on that. Um, Go ahead, Nick. You look like you got something to say. Crypto is not the, it's, it's so it's not necessarily the only way, but right now the way it's built, if you know how to navigate, it's the easiest way to say, uh, and it's hard. People struggle with this nonlinear thinking and then like zooming out and stuff. But it's a situation where I could say, hey, uh, you want access because in the real world, it's very expensive to get access to to any of our programs and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get the knowledge and proximity and all that. And then it's worth it, right? If we do our job. Now, it, it there there's a technology that makes it easy. Hey, you get access and you get all that and it's worth it. And there's a non-zero probability. There's some chance that you could actually turn around and sell your ticket. So you got everything you wanted. You can also turn around even if you if you bought it for 10 ETH and you sold it for one ETH. That's not a loss because if further if if you understand what's going on, it's easy. Well, I bought it for 10 ETH and I sold it for one ETH and I lost. Well, in the real world, you would have paid me hundred thousand dollars. You would have gotten all this stuff, and then you would have been done. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know, like yeah. So it's like a reframe. Like, no, actually, this is just an additional potential benefit. Mm-hmm. So, the proper use of the screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, it only works if people understand what they are actually buying. You know, you can. Uh, how no, uh. How powerful do you think this environment is going to be in the future, Nick? Like, I just look at the people, you know, in the guard. We're just recently guardians, right? And the, and when we got into the guardian channel inside the Discord, and and I read all the introductions and the and seen the people that were playing at that level and what they valued, and then even seeing the new development of the new Wolf Den and the people that are attracted to that ecosystem and how they're playing in it, and just the people that are you know we've seen some split on you know okay i valued the education okay i value this but but all together just the uh, the kind of people that are coming into this ecosystem just seems so powerful to me nick like it just you get that many people and minds together kind of thinking in the same way but looking at that screwdriver and seeing a different use for it not trying to force it but oh i can use a screwdriver like this oh i'm going to use it like this and just seeing that explode outwards from what you've kind of created here is uh is pretty cool like <laughs> it's it's the uh so th- this is <coughs> i could have done this before i've been doing this before before crypto right yeah but it's the button it's like a reset button where people go oh this is different um, so you could have taken intellectual property and stuff and, and built this whole thing without any crypto at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just because it's a new technology, people go, Oh, I, I'm willing to think differently now. Uh, so we have, I mean, the impact will be huge in so many ways mm-hmm. and many people will never realize, um, be, I'll tell you why. Because I come from a place, and a lot of people in the wolf den, specifically guardians, come from a place of how can I contribute to the world? Yeah. 
They don't come from a place of how can I do crypto stuff? Right. Back to the tool, right? Right. Screw the tool, figure out the problem you're trying to solve. And then if the answer is not obvious, we go to the toolbox. If the answer is obvious, you know, if you're like, oh, well, I can actually solve this problem by sending an email, then send the fucking email. Just solve the problem. Mm -hmm. We got to get over uh, because if we're like, oh, we can find a way to use crypto for this. We do all this really complicated stuff. It's a lot of work. (laughs) And you just actually made it way harder to solve a problem that doesn't look good for the new technology. Right. That is actually making things harder. Right. So a lot of it is like, can we find a problem that otherwise was unsolvable? Use blockchain, Web3, crypto, NFTs, whatever, to solve that problem. Now it looks really good. So a lot of us... You know, like it's on us if we want crypto to diffuse faster to stop making it look bad. (laughs) Like we make it look bad. Scammers make it look bad. Incompetent people that make mistakes, they end up looking like scammers. They make it look bad. People using crypto like to sell books, use Amazon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amazon's easy. Like nothing's going to go wrong. You use NFTs to sell your books. You created a ton of headaches, probably pissed a lot of people off. There's no email. You can't buy an NFT, then enter your email, you know? So now like you've actually just made the whole space look really bad by misusing the technology, Uh, not solving problems uh. with it. So uh, (laughs) I'll give you guys a quick example because I was just in Phoenix and uh, met a guy and went to two of his houses. He has he has two houses and five storage units. It is probably the most valuable private rock memorabilia collection on the planet. Unbelievable. Um, you know, like the Beatles played a show. They all signed a guitar, gave it to him. He's got 50 years of probably $100 million of, of personally gifted rock memorabilia. So here's the problem. <clears throat> he doesn't want to get rid of any of it. One really wants everybody to see it. Like you, you could never purchase uh, even the con. He's a show promoter, so he has all the original contracts, fifty years of original contracts, uh, guitars, anything you can imagine, memorabilia, anything you can imagine. Um, he's got the chairs from Ozzy Osbourne's house. That you know, like just crazy. So doesn't want to get rid of it. Because it's a very strong attachment and he's got all these stories and stuff. Doesn't want to leave his family stuck with it when he dies. Has a very strong desire for the world to see it. And now what we can do is we can we can actually put it in a museum. Like we can get an art gallery or buy a building, put it in a, the what might be the world's greatest rock memorabilia museum. We could put it in the metaverse. So if you can't come physically, you can hang out and you know, you can like wander around in VR, the metaverse, and look at this piece of art and then have the story told. Like, he'll tell you the story of how he got it and where it came from. So this is a really cool thing. Uh, We can also do something crazy like whoever owns this NFT gets this piece one year after he passes away. Or whoever owns this NFT gets this whole entire museum a year after he passes away. It's almost like buying a part of his will or his, his estate, right? So what that solves is he gets the money through NFT sales for his family. His family's not stuck with the stuff. The world gets to see it and he gets to maintain ownership of it. That is much easier to do with blockchain. We can do all of that. 
right? It solves a problem that he's been sitting on for 10 years. So, <clears throat> but it's not the crypto, right? It's not the crypto crowd that's going to love it and win big. It's the people that uh, appreciate rock and roll history that yeah. love it and win big. But crypto blockchain technology enables that that solution, Oh man, there's, I wish we could have you on all afternoon because there's so many things I want to dive into. Um, just like bri bridging crypto to the real world. I know that's been a big focus on, you know, your, the whole thing about the Wolf Den and, and kind of what you've been doing in the space. Do you want to touch on that just a little bit? Like what's, what's happening in the real world? I know Wolf Den is coming along and you showed some pretty cool pictures and stuff the other day. Um, so maybe we'll touch on that a little bit before you have to jump off. Yeah, and I I don't have a hard stop, so. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, there, there's a few things. So, uh, Delorean. So Eust is the is is I met him a couple months ago. He's the CEO of Delorean. They're rebuilding the brand. So obviously, if you've seen Back to the Future, there's a lot of nostalgia around mm -hmm. Delorean. And so they're rebuilding the whole brand on the blockchain. And the first, the first thing they did was they they released eighty eight roadsters, brand new roadsters. And the only way to purchase it was through an NFT. Okay, so I think they auctioned them, or they might have just sold them. I don't know. Uh, but here now, now they they sell the eighty eight. Okay, now that NFT is the title to your roadster. So if you want the roadster, you buy the NFT from somebody. It also is like a Carfax. It stores all the information. How many times has the car broken down? How many times was the left door opened? How many times was the right door opened? How many times was it in a collision? So you actually have a, a non-fungible, uh, up-to-date storage of this car. It's probably going to be a collector's item because it's there's only 88 in the world and it's a DeLorean. And so you, <clears throat> that's a brilliant use of uh, of blockchain. Mm. Solves a lot of problems for them. Yeah. They, so, and then they get royalties on secondary sales, mm -hmm. which is something that didn't happen before in the car industry. You know, Toyota didn't get a royalty every time you sold your used Toyota to somebody else. Mm -hmm. so it's, it's great, right? That, but that's blockchain in the real world. Uh, we're also, uh, the Wolf Zen and stuff, we're building a replica. We have 132 miles of Arizona. It's about a three-hour drive from uh, Genius Network. It's Joe Polish's office to... Uh, my home in Arizona to we have a private off-grid property to the Wolf Zen, which is 400-acre ranch, up to Cleeter, which is a town that Joe bought. And we could put all of that in a metaverse, right? A stretch of uh, so beautiful 3D games, all kinds of stuff. But what we can do is in one, one interoperable um, metaverse, not only can we build stories and, and, and um, there, there's a comic book being made about Cleeter, Arizona. So we got all this stuff going on, but now inside of a metaverse, in smart contracts, we can have this interactive metaverse, and depending on how people interact, values accruing to where it needs to accrue, meaning if you come in and you watch a bunch of, uh, you go to Cleeter, Arizona, and you look at a bunch of art, and maybe you buy some art, and you do whatever you do in your metaverse, and you learn some shit, that can all go to Genius Recovery, Joe's Foundation. It's all built in a smart contract. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have one, you could build an interoperable universe where any of this engagement, you know, any any funds or, or currencies that come in here 
go here and any funds or currencies go here, go here and, and so on and so forth. But the user is just, it's like playing one giant video game. Mm. They're not actively going, okay, well, you know, I want to make sure that this money goes to genius recovery. So I got to do it this way or that way. Uh, so the smart contract plus metaverse plus the uh, VR component, it allows for an ecosystem that people can just use because they fucking love using it. They learn a lot. They have fun. They meet friends. They get to shoot zombies, whatever. Uh, but the blockchain component is accruing all of the value, right, to, to however it, it's been predetermined. It's fast. It's smooth. It's safe. It's non-fungible. You know, it's recorded and all that. So to build this without blockchain would be a tremendous amount of ongoing HR, accounting, admin, partnerships, because we, we could have six different companies built into the metaverse that would require a shit ton of paperwork and accounting and reconciling Right. that if it's built into the blockchain, you don't do any of that. If they mm. engage over here and they spend money on this, it goes over here. You know, they do it over here. It goes over here. Uh, you're not going to do that with like Stripe. You it know? just mm. changed all the math. <laughs> yeah. So the, a, it's, you can align incentives with far, it's very difficult to align incentives in the, the current fiat system and web two, because it's like JVs, you know, you've done JVs and affiliates, right? Mm -hmm. It's all got to go to one bank account. Somebody's got to reconcile it. Somebody's got to send it back. And then if you have charge, it becomes a freaking nightmare to do some of this stuff that web three makes very, very easy. Hmm. So wow. that's I think, I, think I think a lot of people just went hmm. <laughs> like yeah. all the if internet market, owner, all the internet marketers in the in the space just went hmm. <laughs> if you're a business owner, most people have given up on if they've done any amount of volume. Like most business owners are like JVs and partners, they sound good. But then it comes down to the human component. Like, cool, we made $20 million, and like you're supposed to give me 10%. Yeah. You're like, well, actually, it just becomes a nightmare to collect that money, to send that money, to to reconcile it, to do your tax. All this stuff's a nightmare. Uh, so it allows for a much more expansive uh, universe of collaboration, mm -hmm. which look at what Board Ape Yacht Club is doing. Yeah. They're building an expansive universe of collaboration, you know, yeah. because mm -hmm. blockchain enables that. Mm. That's I've never heard it explained like that before, and I've had it in my head somewhat similar to the way you explain it. But the way now thinking about it, especially from the standpoint of JVs and partnerships and how, you know, this advanced form of accounting can help facilitate all of that work pretty much instantaneously can be such a that's the revolutionary piece of it. Right. The, the biggest that, draw for most <laughs> Of blockchain before people the biggest draw right now is they know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that got rich yeah. but before that it was wait a minute so we can come to an agreement right now code it into the smart contract and never have to deal with it again mm -hmm. it's a fucking night you know but you said this and we agreed on this and my numbers show this well my numbers show this then like that becomes a nightmare when you're trying to collaborate and, and do great things with cool people so we're saying, look, we can agree on this right now. Cool. Handshake. It's in the contract. And it just happens. Mm -hmm. No admin, no HR, no pissed off phone calls, no delayed payments, net 30, net 60, net 90, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's a huge, there's a huge, uh, there's huge potential there in uh, 
just facilitating collaboration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that's cool. Well, Nick, I, we don't want to take up too much of your time. You've been very generous in, in coming on and spending an hour with us chatting about Web3 and blockchain and decentralization and all the things you're doing in the Wolf Den. It's, it's really been uh, great to have you on. Hearing your insights, it's always something we look forward to. Uh, I do got one more question I want to ask you, and this is not for me or Dwayne. This is uh, Dwayne had made a post and just kind of surveyed the community if they wanted to ask you one question. So wanted to at least give, we won't go through all of them, but I'll pick one just from the mix here. And I'm going to pick Malik because Malik has been just a rock star lately. So let's get Malik's question on here. He's, he's been bringing a lot of value to the, to the den. So his question is, what is the single and most important trait a leader should have or has to have to be able to create a difference on a mass level? So. Um, single trait. I don't know if there's a single trait. There are so many different, there's a book called Extraordinary Leaders. It, it profiles four different archetypes. Right. So they're going to have different traits. Um, but one is got to understand Cartman's triangle, which just means like, because I, I think that question is coming from a place of like, I understand how to help people one on one, but it's much harder at scale. And the truth is, uh, leadership very rarely happens one on one. That's typically a little bit closer to saviorship. Mm. Right. Mm. Yep. Uh, so the reasons these are one-on-one is because you can just watch them. Like, no, 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 don't touch that stove. Don't touch that stove. You know, I can't do that for millions of people, but that's good. That's We actually want people sometimes to touch the stove. Um, <clears throat> understanding the difference between leadership and authority. It's a big one. Eh. Um, and it goes back to touching the stove. Is is Leadership is helping people understand how they're contributing to their own problem. If you are not willing to do that, you're not going to, you could, you could have an authority position and you can call yourself a leader, but you're not a leader. So you have to recognize how you're contributing to the problems you complain about. And you have to be willing to hold up a mirror to others, which is hard. You know, mm-hmm. nobody wants mm-hmm. to see that. So if you want to be liked, it's okay. I want to be liked too. But if, if that's a priority, uh, you're, you're Don't not become be a leader. leader. <laughs> yeah. You're just not right. You could be a good authority, you know, you could just, continue to give people what they want to hear. So they keep voting you into positions of authority, but that's not leadership. Right. And that's okay. So those are, uh, those are the two big ones, but then the ultimate, the, the number one to lead uh, mass amounts of people is you have to think about the word, which is lead, right? Like lead by example. Um, so the number one trait, I'll say the number one trait is integrity. And what I mean by integrity is that you honestly believe and you think about it often that if you could, uh, separate yourself from your body and watch yourself, that you would be a disciple of yourself. Mm -hmm. It's surprising how many people would not. Mm -hmm. And if you would not be a disciple of yourself, you are not. You're telling other people how to behave. You're not leading. You're like instructing. Those are different things. Mm. So that, that I would say integrity, but the definition of integrity, the way I'm using it is um, you would be a disciple of yourself. And if not, then the way that you lead, counterintuitive, because we think leadership is all about other people. If you realize I would not be a disciple of myself for whatever reason, 
working on yourself so that you would become a disciple of yourself is leadership. There are people watching and they will recognize the changes you make and they will want to be better as they see you become better. So even if you're not directly talking to or at other people, you could demonstrate leadership by just working on becoming somebody that you would be a disciple of. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Malik, Malik, you're going to love that answer, buddy. <laughs> yeah. We'll make sure we'll tag him in a post when we, when we release this. So, okay. Um, so I got, I got one more question. If we, if we got a few more minutes, because um, you know, the future of moving forward, like what you, you mentioned the three things like the guardian foundation, uh, the guardian academy wolfden like what are the next like one to two things that need to go right with nick peterson like what what's your focus right now that is like the next step or like i know the gray wolf summit's coming up like right away quick that's that's been kind of cool and and minting out these wolf pups that's just from me seeing the exterior part of it but like what like what do you what's the one to net two steps for the ecosystem uh So if we're talking about ideal, yeah, because there's always like one or two things need to go right. Um, but the way the ecosystem is built now, that's not actually true. Like if those things right. don't go right, it'd be fine. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is awesome. That's the stability of it. <laughs> yeah. And there, there's always, there's always uh, black swans and yeah. uh, you, you can try to prepare for them. But if, if you, if you can prepare for them, they're not black swans, right? right. Like that's yeah. kind of the, um, if you know they might be coming, it's not a black swan, it's just a hype. It's, it's a, an event with some probability. Um, so if we we get this, uh, the the big one, there's there's two things. One is published on uh, Polygon. Okay, so Guard is already bridged over to Polygon. Um, but if we can publish, we have Chris Voss, Mark Tarbell, um. Probably getting that that rock and roll memorabilia collection. So the the whole thing is it doesn't matter which one. If we can publish an intellectual property or um, thing on Polygon that nobody else can replicate, then it's just kind of like game over. You know, now we just uh, because of the the world we live in, if uh, if people see one thing published, we're gonna have a line out the door of that kind of person, right? Very high caliber. Uh, so it's really about just making sure that we do that next one right or as right as we can. And, you know, we actually like to do everything wrong. So we'll see. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's actually, we need to do it wrong. But, um, and then uh, in the whole universe, and it won't be obvious how this is crypto related till way later. And then everybody's going to say, Oh, that's obvious <laughs> is uh, get this, uh, get this, uh, uh, retreat built right so we have 400 acres out in the mountains and it's gonna be it's beautiful luxury retreat hot springs it's only gonna have 108 total members ever right so uh it's so like it's it's like a yacht club but it's out in the mountains and it's built like a, it's built by a luxury home builder and so um that kind of becomes the center of um so when we bought that 400 acres we also bought a mountain and had an officially named Gray Wolf Mountain. Uh, now, what happens in, um, and I apologize for 
taking up your guys' time now. No, no. But what happens in any truly useful, and it sounds woo-woo-ish, right? But any useful, like helpful intellectual property, it all has um, similar traits. But even if you look at Japanese anime, like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, they they actually have all all these traits. All religions, there was one, it was divided into two, and now it's a pursuit of becoming one again. Right. There was God and there's Cain and Abel, good and bad. And now we're in a pursuit of God again. Mm. There was eternal consciousness, balanced eternal consciousness, the yin and the yang. It was split into two, black and white, right? Masculine, feminine. And now the pursuit is uh, bringing them back into one balanced consciousness again. It's always one split into two in pursuit of becoming one again. Like a gray wolf split into a white wolf and a black wolf in pursuit of becoming a gray wolf again. Where do you become a gray wolf? <laughs> and how do you know that you're a gray wolf? You make it to the top of Gray Wolf Mountain. Okay. So it's a whole narrative. There's, there's gonna be comic books written by legitimate comic book people, not by me. And it's all in pursuit of becoming a gray wolf again. Now we actually own the physical gray wolf mountain. So if we can get that built and we can get people understanding the whole uh, you know, how do you become a gray wolf again? Like, how do you go from either being too much of a pushover or too much of an a-hole and really just become a balanced human? You have to have a set of operating principles that create infinite divisibility. And that means that, like, Spider-Man's 15 and uh, he becomes a superhero overnight. So he's a kid, but he has, like, world-saving responsibilities. You know, Superman has his story. He's uh, kryptonite's his downfall and he never kills anybody. These rules create infinite divisibility. You can create an infinite number of storylines that continue to make sense to the user. If Superman starts killing people, it's like, what the, this doesn't make sense. So the, the principles that create infinite divisibility are the five elements, right? It's like Pokemon. Mm -hmm. You guys, I don't know if you guys ever played Pokemon, but you can have an idea or, or Superman, Spider-Man, right? You have Superman, Spider-Man, and Incredible Hulk, and Wolverine. You can introduce a rogue variable and have an infinite number of storylines of what happens, but it's all within a range of what we know about the Hulk and Wolverine and Spider-Man and Superman. So if we know how elements and people interact with one another, we can create infinite number of stories. So we're going to encourage a lot of um, stories by users and stuff. And... Uh, all that said, the, the core of it is it's the pursuit of Grey Wolf Mountain. That's the whole, everything is we're trying to get back to being Grey Wolf. That's where we're, it's like enlightenment. It's like the Holy Grail. It's like the final level, right? Uh, and so actually owning Grey Wolf Mountain in a way that people can actually come and climb Grey Wolf Mountain is is the core of all of that. Mm. So that's yeah. the next. We just got them, you know, building up in the mountains. It's it's tough getting equipment up there, getting people up there. Uh, so that that's really the the next thing which we're putting focus in, making sure we get it right. That's so, yeah, that's really cool. cool. Yeah, we can't wait to we can't wait to come down. Uh, I guess it's about a month, right? Um, a little over a month. Uh, for yeah. Gray Wolf Summit. So, um, yeah, it's coming up excited to, to get down there for the event and um you know see everybody it's it's like a one big happy family so it's nice to get everybody together in the real world and 
kind of have that human connection going on. So, um, but uh, Nick, man, this has been great. Appreciate your time coming on and sharing everything. Um, um, it's really been insightful for us. And I know people that are listening and tuning in will be excited to, to hear the things that you have to share as well. So just want to say thank you and, um, and just wrap up here. Uh, Dwayne, do you have any final thoughts or comments you want to make? No, this was a, a wolfish way to start the day. That's for sure. I'm excited. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Awesome. Yeah, appreciate you guys. You've been listening to Wolfish on Web3. We hope you enjoyed the show. For real-time updates and news on crypto, NFTs, and mission-driven projects making waves in the Web3 space, follow us on Twitter at Wolfish on Web3. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. And always remember to stay wolfish.